This is the 30th anniversary of my first coming to Singapore. It was from that moment that the little seed grew of the Christian meditation community here, which have become part of the Church of Singapore. And indeed, over the years, the community of Christian meditators and their friends here in Singapore have made a tremendous contribution to other churches in Asia and indeed to the world community itself, the hundred or so countries in which we are present. As a, a celebration of that anniversary, we thought that it would be good to reflect on the link between meditation and three of the essential elements of Christian life, Christian identity, discipleship, holiness, and evangelization, discipleship. I'd like to begin with these words from the second letter of Peter, which describes discipleship. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them we may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desire. So the key phrase here that relates to meditation as the prayer of the heart is that we are called to share in the very being of God, to participate in the divine nature. And the Christian vocation is nothing less than that. It's the call to remember and to be conscious of our vocation to share in the very being of God. This is really what it means to be a Christian. There was an interview once with a black American poet, a woman who was describing about her poetry. And then the interviewer said to her, I understand that you are a Christian. And she laughed, a great belly laugh. Then she says, well, I sure hope I will be before I die. <laughs> to be a disciple is to be on the way to becoming a Christian. We're not fully disciples yet, but we are on the way. We're on the way to becoming one with Christ, to becoming, as the early church describes it, another Christ. Each one of us is another Christ because of that union we have with him. And this is a lifelong journey. We don't arrive at this point just on the day of our baptism. That's just the beginning of this journey. It's a lifelong journey. And the beautiful thing about this journey is that it gives meaning to everything that happens to us in our life. The joys and the sufferings the things we gain and the things we lose. Everything is given meaning if our life has this purpose. So what does it mean for us 
and how can we become or be on the way to becoming a Christian? Well, let's just go back to the beginning. Let's look at the first disciples. Who were the first Christian disciples? They were the 12 apostles. And we speak of the church as an apostolic church. And this means that the church is built on these 12 apostles who themselves were built in Christ. It's an apostolic church because they model for us what being a disciple means in every generation. We ourselves can understand what discipleship means if we look at these original 12 disciples. You remember how they were called, each one of them, individually, personally. Jesus was praying on the mountain, alone, in deep prayer. And then when he came down from the mountain, he went out to call, to identify these original disciples. And they would model discipleship for every generation. And who were they? Were they great university professors? Were they great political leaders? Were they great intellectuals? Were they people of power and influence? They were fishermen, tax collectors, which wasn't a very nice job. Political agitators, one of them was Simon the Zealot, which meant he was a, he was a troublemaker. And one of them, as we know, was a thief. Judas was a thief, we were told. Peter was the only one of these disciples who we know to have been married. And his wife traveled with him later in his following of Jesus. These were ordinary people from the lower classes. The word apostle means messenger, or perhaps even more than a messenger. It's like a, a delegate or an ambassador. They were uneducated, they came from the lower classes, and they followed him after he had called them. And they stayed with him for the three years, probably, of his public ministry. That was their training in discipleship. Remember the first time that Jesus appears in the Gospel of John, John the Baptist is standing with some of his disciples when Jesus passes by. And John points to Jesus and he says, there is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples standing with John the Baptist followed Jesus. They followed him. So they were looking at his back. But then he turned and saw them following him. And he said to them, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And they replied, teacher, where are you staying? And what did he say? Come and see. Come and see. And they went and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him for the rest of the day. And then... St. John says in the Gospel, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. What does it matter that it was four o'clock in the afternoon? It was actually a time for prayer. 
Because in the early church, every day was shaped around times of prayer. And four o'clock was one of the times of the evening prayer, the afternoon prayer, when they would stop work and pray. This little story is a wonderful description of discipleship. First of all, somebody has to point Jesus out to us. Who was it? Maybe our parents. Maybe a friend. Maybe a priest or a religious or maybe somebody we met on a bus. Somebody, first of all, points Jesus to us. And then we begin to follow. But at first, we're only seeing the back of him. But at a certain moment, and this is where discipleship really begins, he turns and sees us following him. So we see that we are seen. That makes a big difference. And that's where real relationship begins, isn't it? When you see that you are being seen. And this is the moment in that story where they become related to him. And he asks them this profound question. What are you looking for? What's the real purpose of your life? What's the priority of your life? That's the question we should ask ourselves every day if we're disciples. What is our priority? And they answer him with the disciples' question, where are you staying? And he doesn't give them his email address, his mailing address. He says, come and see. It's an invitation. And they accept that invitation and they stay with him. So these are the stages, we could say, of discipleship. This might take 30 years. It's a lifetime in a sense, this process. We go through these stages. And the fullness of that relationship is that we become one with him. And the four o'clock in the afternoon reminds us that this journey of discipleship, this meeting, this discovery that we are known by Jesus and he's calling us individually, personally. We're not just one of a crowd. That journey takes place within our journey of prayer. That's why I'd like to make this connection between deep prayer, the prayer of the heart, meditation, contemplative prayer, and our discipleship in daily life.